Hello everyone, this is John Moore for the DCPA's News Center, and welcome to episode number 176 of Running Lines, our regular series of conversations with personalities from the Colorado and national theater communities. Today we have two esteemed members of the Colorado theater community, and shockingly, I believe for the first time, we have a multiple award-winning director and choreographer, Nick Sugar. Hello, Nick. Hi, John Moore. And for the second time, we have producing artistic director at BDT Stage, Michael Duran. It's good to be here. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. You guys are working together on this show, Peter and the Starcatcher at BDT Stage. First time working together? No. It's not? Why did I think that it was? We did Forever Plaid how many years ago? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. That was at BDT. Uh It was at BDT. Okay, Michael, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about Peter and the Starcatcher and why Nick Sugar was the man you wanted directing the show. Nick and I have been having very important business meetings uh, over the last year or so over margaritas at a really great place in Westminster. And we were talking about shows that we wanted to do, and Peter and the Starcatcher came up for both of us. Why was Nick the right collaborator for this project? Because the show is not, it's a little left of center as far as the style of it. And I didn't really feel comfortable tackling it myself. So it just seemed like Nick was the guy. And I'm just gonna take that left of center as a compliment. <laughs> All right. <You> should. <laughs> so Nick, what is your history with the show and why did you want to do it with Michael? Peter and Starcatcher's just it's very funny. It's very intellectually stimulating. It's very smart humor, it's witty. It was a director's dream. It's just so creative and so imaginative and it's truly storytelling. So for those of us who know the story of Peter Pan, specifically the musical Peter Pan, tell us how Peter and the Starcatcher is different. Completely. <laughs> Which is also yeah. Peter Pan, I can't sit through. Peter the Starcatcher, I could do over and over again. <laughs> set up the show for those people who don't know Peter and the Starcatcher. What's going on? You're really about to set sail on a voyage, and you don't quite know where you're going and how you're getting there with the bare bones of a stage and a group of uh, 12 actors. And you just get to go on this journey and an adventure and you're not quite sure where it's all going and how it's getting there but by the end you realize that it's all been a complete setup for Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Is it the same story that we get in Peter Pan? It is the prequel to Peter Pan so you find it answers a lot of questions about Peter, about Captain Hook, about Tinkerbell, about Wendy. It fills in a lot of holes that you didn't know you had. We're used to now in this era of seeing Musicals driven by machinery. We're used to seeing uh, cables and people flying through the air. Whether it's a very fine production of Peter Pan or The Wizard of Oz, we're now used to seeing things done magically through technology. Is it really up to the actors and the cast to provide the magic that we used to expect from the machinery? Completely. Yep. That's what's enticing about this show. It's getting to really dig into the words and invest in what you're saying and how you say them. Um, because you're naked up on stage. Okay, we've just got a breaking news. The cast of Peter and Starcatcher is naked, naked on yeah. the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell us about the, the challenge for the, for the actors. And you really had to look for a group of people with a real sense of play, I can imagine. Yes, we did improvs at the audition, um, which was something I think that was new for a lot of them. Um, it wasn't like this big dance call. It wasn't a big vocal call. It was about, let's improv, let's have fun together. And on the other hand, it requires something of the audience. 
and that the audience has to come in willing to play. They have to come in willing to take the adventure. Nick, tell us a little bit about some of the people we might recognize from BDT stage shows and some people who we may not recognize from previous shows. Uh, Scott Fayette, who is one of the mainstays, I think he said 26 years he's yeah. been up there, yeah. is Black Stash, and he's fabulous. The uh, comic timing is wonderful, and his presence is just wonderful. And uh, Wayne Kennedy then plays his sidekick, Smee, so they have a lot of fun together, and I think that's a great combination because the BDT audiences are very familiar with them, and you get to see them really work off of each other and have a great time. What makes Black Stash such a popular character in the story? Because he's playing the bad guy. Because he has so much fun doing it. Even when he's foiled, he's just like, I'm going to get him, and it's going to be a blast when I get him. Michael, we're used to seeing uh, elaborate and beautiful sets at the BDT stage. How is the set designed for this show? This is a beautiful set. The proscenium, it's gorgeous, and it's all found objects around the theater. And we dug through the trash at the thrift store, and we dug through our prop shop and pulled stuff that maybe from other shows, and they glued it onto the proscenium and spray-painted it gold. And when you look at it, you can't tell that it's... Legos and Barbie dolls, Barbie dolls and, and stuff like that. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's spectacular. Amy Campion. Yeah, Amy Campion did the set. Tell us what else you have coming up after Peter and the Starcatcher. Uh, Peter and the Starcatcher closes, I believe, May 4th, and then we're going to be doing Footloose this summer. After that, we'll be doing Midlife 2, hashtag, what did I come in here for? So that's our fall show, and then we'll be doing uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie at Christmas. And then we're doing Disenchanted in the spring, which is the Disney princesses and how they really feel about things. It's not for kids. Is Peter and the Starcatcher for kids? It's a fairy tale for adults. Ten years old is probably as young as okay. you'd want to bring your kids. Yeah. There's uh, nothing bad in no, the show but, whatsoever. Right. There's just a lot of language. But I think also younger kids will enjoy the, the slapstick and the relationship between the boy and the girl. Yeah. And the, there's three of the Lost Boys on stage, and I think they're adorable to watch. And I think kids will like it. Yeah. All right, Nick, last word. What do you want to say about just what kind of theater-going experience it will be for those people who come to see the show? I think you, you really have to be ready to let your imagination go and be with them on stage with your imagination and just really try to visualize the journey and the adventure that you want to go on. You want to have a physical and emotional connection and you're free to fly just like Peter Pan. All right, we're, we're just about out of time. <laughs> Before you go, I want to thank Michael Duran and Nick Sugar for joining us today on Running Lines. Remember, Peter and the Starcatcher plays through May 4th at BDT Stage at 5501 Arapahoe Avenue in Boulder. For tickets, go to bdtstage.com or call 303-449-6000. Thanks again for joining us on Running Lines, and please check in with the News Center every day at mydenvercenter.org for constantly refreshed news, videos, photos, and more from the entire local theater community.